Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. And boy, do we have an episode for you. We're going to be talking about the Internet's favorite topic today, cancel culture. But there's a catch. It's not big tech this time for once. It's actually homicidal people that might kill you over a cartoon depicting their holy prophet. Now, um, you are free not to draw that uh, cartoon if you, if, you know, if you want to avoid such reprimanding, but I, I would argue, and I think uh, we stand united on this here at the Ayn Rand Center UK, and much of our audience stands united on the fact that free speech is a fundamental right. It is part of what it means to be human, because to be human, and this is, I think, more the objectivist take on why we need free speech, uh, part of being human, in other words, what separates us from the animals is our conceptual faculty, the fact that we don't just act, we don't just respond to stimulus, we actually look at the world and, and make plans and plan ahead and organize what we see and communicate it with one another and speaking is a fundamental necessity. So in a social context, your rights are necessities, your rights are things that need to be protected by the government who has a monopoly on force. Now, unfortunately, we live in a, in a, in a modern world, and I'm, I think I'm covering both America, UK, and every other country, basically, or many other countries, most other civilized countries, uh, where your free speech is maybe paid lip service to, pardon the pun, but not entirely protected by the government. Uh, certainly, when it comes to offending a religion that's not Christianity, there's a good chance the government will turn a blind eye to threats made against you. Um, it's it's um, upsettingly been the case in America where I live, but in Europe, it's a whole nother game. It's a whole never, new level of scary. So we're here to talk about that today. There was a teacher, well, uh, my co-host will tell us more about this. There's a teacher who drew the prophet, or I'm sorry, who presented the pro a picture of the prophet Muhammad and is now not only suspended from teaching for a while or was suspended for some time, but also is in hiding. Great. Is in hiding. Talk about being canceled. Am I right? What's next? Are they going to demonetize uh, the teacher's videos? Huh? Is the teacher's uh, video going to get marked as 18 and up? Of course, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but um, I've actually been trying to shorten my opening monologues. You know, let's make this more of a show about us and not just about me, but uh, I have failed so far for the most part. Please welcome Nico Sotirakopoulos. Thank you, Raka. So we're gonna present the story and we're going to try to draw some conclusions which are not going to be the very obvious ones. So we're kind of, and since the next, the next event of ARC UK is a discussion on the anti-conceptual mentality, this is gonna be also a theme on the things that we're gonna say. Anyway, the facts. So somewhere in Yorkshire, a, a teacher, as a part of a class, a religious, a class on religions, uh, he, the, he, so, he has shown the cartoons from Charlie Hebdo. So you remember Charlie Hebdo six years ago, the massacre where some armed jihadists killed the mostly people from the editorial team. And we're going to come back to that because I think that was an important moment. So the teacher as he claims, having mentioned to the students trigger alert, there might be something offensive, and allegedly having also notified the school that this is part of the discussion, has shown the cartoons, and the idea was this is what caused the controversy back then. 
So it was within the context of the class. Now, what happened is that through some WhatsApp groups and through the usual way that these, through parents, from parent to parent, there was some protests outside of the school. And these protests did not reach extremes, so to speak, but actually the teacher has faced alleged threats. There are reports that people have been walking around his neighborhood. Anyway, he's now in hiding. His mother is also in hiding. Uh, they've put cameras in, in the house. And he claims, his father claims that he has been, he's on a mental breakdown. Basically, he lives in horror and he believes he's never going to be able to live again there. Now, very important in the context. Why is he so horrified? Because it has been some months since a teacher in France has been beheaded for the same quote offense. Now, what I find most interesting here is not the fact that some parts of the religious community reacted. That is to be expected. I'm not even surprised that some people put threats. There are thugs everywhere. We've seen this before. What I find very interesting and surprising is the reaction of the school and third parties. So what does the school do? The school suspends the teacher and comes up with an announcement that says, we're very sorry for what happened. We're going to investigate it. Careful, I didn't say fire, suspend. So the idea is we need to figure out what happened here. And actually, I think they read the, the announcement also to the protesters, which is of questionable. But anyway, so the religious community in the area, they said, look, we want to see what happened here. We don't want violence. We want to see what happened. And we are happy that the guy was suspended. And we want uh, to be part of this discussion to see what happens with this guy. So for some reason, the local church needs to have a role. The local labor MP, now notice, this is the progressive, supposedly, how it's called, secular party, also said that they are satisfied with the fact that the school took some action. Now, when it comes to the local education, to, a, to sorry, a relevant educational authority, they said schools are free to include a full range of issues, ideas and materials in the curriculum, including where they're challenging or controversial subjects to their obligation to ensure political balance. Now, you would think, okay, that's good. Here comes the but. They must balance this with the need to promote respect and tolerance between people of different faiths and beliefs, including in deciding which materials to use in the classroom. Now, before I go further, oh, and also there has been a petition to reinstate the teacher, which has at this moment around 60,000 views. Now, before we enter in the deeper issues, let me bring in the surface the first and obvious issue, which is some of these people, what they're basically saying is, look, we don't endorse, obviously, the threats and all that stuff. But what we're saying is, guys, be a bit more careful. And actually, I've heard people telling me the same when we're discussing Charlie Hebdo. So this is going to be the first thing I throw to the table, Raka. So if you have a school or if you have a company and someone comes to you and says, look, to make a statement or for whatever, I'm going to depict the picture of the prophets. You as a, quote, stakeholder or as a leader, which you know that you live in an environment which is what it is. You would say, yeah, please don't do it, probably. You would say, let's avoid this. So 
the, what I find very interesting is that people have actually accepted that what can be done. We live in times that if you, if you depict the prophet, which for some parts, the majority of Islam is considered very, very problematic, though not for all of Islam. For example, in many places in Iran, you can find the prophet depicted. So the idea is we have accepted that it is what it is. It's like a phenomenon of nature. When it rains, you keep an umbrella. When you depict the prophet, there's going to be violence. So let's all be let's let's all be adults and let's not do it. So that's what I find the first interesting thing. So is this common sense or is this capitulation? Well, it's both. I mean, in in today's context, it is true that the government will not take this issue extremely seriously. Now, like I mentioned on yesterday's episode, the more the government gets into the business of doing things they're not supposed to do, you know, engineering society, helping uh, move it in certain directions, getting rid of uh, preventive type crimes such as drugs and maybe lockdown type laws now, um, the, the less the government is then going to do its proper function. And we live in a time and in, in, the, in the place in the world where political philosophy um, uh, you know, uh, scarcely, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, hardly ever? What's Rarely. What's Rarely. There you go. What am I? Which one of us basically speaks English as a second language again? Um, the government rarely of any country rarely has an understanding of like our basic job is to protect the individual's right to speak and to own their property, to produce and then own what they've produced or, or to own what they've traded for or or what's been given to them, what's been they've inherited, etc. Um, those things, I mean, property is definitely seen as a favor from society. I mean, this is just it's all up for negotiation in the modern world, period. When it comes to speech, a lot more people see that as like, we must defend free speech because they see this as like, yes, like a fundamental part of being human and of discovering truth and of uh, challenging one another. And, and, and that helps us fix society, et cetera, the way they see it. Um, but then when it comes to applying that principle to politics, how many people really wanna see the government just clamp down in defense of free speech, unfortunately, not enough people because uh, we've compromised on the idea that rights are inalienable. We've comp we've compromised on this a long time ago. So today we live in a world where, hey, where it's it's basically a risk assessment. People see this, yeah, you want to draw Muhammad, you have the right to do that. The law won't punish you for doing it. Maybe in England it will, but you know, in principle, the law is not going to punish you for expression, but you know, do it at your own risk. But that's, it should not be your own risk. I mean, there should be virtually no risk in drawing any sort of profit, any sort of um, religious figure that you want to draw for whatever reason. Virtually, I say, because it is possible someone will get mad and kill you before the police arrive. But there should be no question in anybody's mind that the police and the military take a threat to free speech as seriously as the declaration of war, meaning they're immediately going to uh, act to defend uh your rights in that context so okay very i, I totally agree so he, my main problem here is not with the religious fundamentalists my problem is with the li quote liberal neutral bystanders so here's an example imagine let's say we're in texas let's say we are in a school and these rednecks wearing maga hats show up and say look this teacher taught kids that homosexuality is okay and it's not a sin and this really offends us therefore they show up with their with their 
with their guns and they say this teacher needs to go or okay no forget guns but some other crazy send messages that say we're going to show up with guns now everyone would say this is horrific what does this show about society we, this is a this is a country under siege by fascism and all that stuff we wouldn't hear the end of it what happens here is that these people are basically the, the liberal progressives are sanctioning religious conservative fundamentalists. Because, why? Because they find this offensive. Guess what? My religious aunt finds homosexuality offensive. I have a relative who has not spoken, uh, who, sorry. Anyway, I don't want to say crazy stories of religious fundamentalist Christians, but what I do know is that we point the finger to that and we say, this is unacceptable. Some years ago, and people can find the video on YouTube, uh, Golden Dawn is the fascist party in Greece, uh, the, the neo-Nazi party in Greece. So, I, and I mean proper neo-Nazis, not, oh, Trump is a fascist. Anyway, so there was a theatrical play that they were very offended by, and I truly believe they were offended. So they show up and they start uh, threatening, cursing. So if you put on YouTube Golden Dawn MP theater, you will see it's horrifying with horrible threats. And again, the whole Europe stood up and said, what is this? What, what are these people? What, what, what remnant from the past is this? But notice, once offense is considered properly ridiculous, another, team's, or another side's offense is not ridiculous. What is the difference? That the other side is either depicted as oppressed or, for those who are a bit more cowards, they have the power of the threat of force. So, and I am the first coward here. If you tell me, Nikos, would you depict in class something with a proverb? I would say no. Would you put on Twitter the Charlie Hebdo thing? I would say no. Why? Because I live in a, I live in a town where even if I go up, even, even if the police searches and you find like, I don't know, a tactical pen, not to mention anything else that you can use for defense, you can be arrested. I live in a country that if someone breaks in and I break and I defend myself with a baseball bat, I might be in trouble. So I'm not going to be the hero and every, actually not the hero, the martyr. And unfortunately, everyone says the same. They say, look, I know that I'll be on my own. And you mentioned the police, not only from the police, I'm going to be on my own from the mainstream media, probably from my employer and from polite society. And this is the biggest betrayal. The biggest betrayal is not the fundamentalists. The betrayal is the neutral, liberal, secular bystanders who let that uh, who let that happen. Right, and no, you know, some people would agree with you calling yourself a coward, but I don't say that um, because uh, you should not be in this position. You're, in a sense, put in a lifeboat and told, like, okay, do you believe in free speech? Then go ahead and draw this profit. But you're put in a context that you didn't ask for, where the government is not doing its job of protecting. Your, your right to free speech. It, it'd be like me saying, look, I'm a, I'm a coward. I'm not going to go to the Middle East and start drilling for oil. I'm a coward. Is that cowardice? I mean, the government should be protecting my property wherever I go to drill for oil. And if they're not doing that, if, if the, if the, if the uh, Middle Eastern countries are going to nationalize whatever I discover, then, uh, then I'm sensible for not going over there. So, I mean, similarly here, you, you should be confident, meaning we should live in a society where you as a teacher are confident that showing a cartoon to your class is is constitutionally protected. That is, you know, 
legally going to be protected and you'll be protected from violence for any reason. But we don't live in that world. So the the proper thing to do is to speak, speak out about this. In some cases, to show the cartoons themselves, there are objectivists have been very uh, vigilant on this. Um, and like, but, you know, not everyone maybe has, you know, has that kind of uh, flexibility to have a security company protecting them or to be or to have their address hidden, hidden, whatever it is. Not everyone is willing to take that calculated risk. But the thing we can all do is, first of all, support people who are doing it and also um, speak out and say this is a we have a problem with our legal sit with our government. Our government's job is not stated clearly. Uh, the government does not think it's their job to take care of this problem. And most people around us don't see this as an important thing for the government to be protecting. So, you know, similar again, yesterday's episode comes up. It, it, it becomes sort of a it, like it became kind of a conversation like, do we live in a in a rape culture? Are, are women intimidated? And my whole thing is, well, one of the things we need is a clear understanding of the government's job. If everyone in the culture knows the police are going to are going to investigate rape complaints, then we live in a completely different society than I think the one we live in today. Similarly, with free speech, if everybody knows that 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 raising a fist in response to speech is going to be met with uh, the utmost of government force, or maybe not the utmost, but clear government force, then um, then we would be living in a much different society. That needs to be the point that we make. True, and actually, I don't I don't think this is like inside info. I think it has been mentioned publicly that even prominent objectivists in the United States after the Charlie Hebdo. Uh, they would. I know of incidences where they would show up to events wearing a protecting a vest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And of course, you know the the situation with uh, with uh, uh, okay, the guy with the Danish cartoons. My Gosh, I'm drawing awesome. a blank. Oh, the Danish guy. Uh, yeah. Not uh, okay. I've met the guy, and I also huh. include him. In the, okay. Now my mind is completely stuck. It's be- it's better we don't mention his name for his own protection. Fleming Rose says Razi. Yeah. No, it's not for his own protection. Everyone yeah, knows it. I'm so joking. He yeah. so since 2005, he goes everywhere with a team. It's like a small SEAL team, Navy SEAL team. It's, it's, I wouldn't say they're bodyguards because bodyguard is one thing. He has, that's, that was the cost he has paid for his bravery. And again, the problem is here. We have internalized this fatwa. We have put it in our mind that you cannot able to say that. But you mentioned yesterday's episode and I also thought something from yesterday. So we said yesterday that, look, even if women are, even if it's irrational to be afraid to walk out in the streets, it needs to be respected in terms of we need to think, why is this happening? And here we have someone who is legitimately, legitimately worried about his life. And you have the trade union, the teachers union being silent. You or you have them giving this middle of the road. We need to avoid extremes. So notice what are these extremes that we need to avoid? I want to kill you. I want to be able to depict something in class. And supposedly these are the two extremes and we need to be in the middle. Like what's the middle? I need to beat you, but not kill you. And also notice that basically people agree on the principle, which the principle is don't do it, but they disagree on the measure. The one says uh, uh, fire him. The other says uh, I'll kill you very few hopefully and the others say look why did you do that that was not cool but they all seem to agree that what you did was was wrong anyway and 
the last thing I want to say, most people think that by doing, by having this attitude that says don't do this, they're protecting their Muslim uh, peers, citizens, friends, and all that stuff. I think they are doing the opposite. They are paternalistic because they're telling them, look, you're not to be treated as a reasonable person. You're to be treated as this irrational person who has this outburst. And if you see this, you're going to turn violent. No, this is not how you treat someone you respect. Someone you respect, someone I respect comes into my house. I know they, for example, I don't know, they don't eat uh, something. I don't bring this on the table. But I'm not trying to shield the whole society from this uh, habit or this irrationality or this whatever. So the fact that, and here it's something clear. It's not, it's not something in between. We have seen violence. This person is afraid of violence. The proper reaction, everyone should say, no, this is unacceptable. And we stand with you. And we're also going to show it in all the classes. So however people want to do it, come and kill all of us or come and come for all of us. Now this guy is on his own. And again, I'm also part of the problem because I will not show this in my class because then I will have to run and hide in the mountains of Crete. And even my quarantine is not over yet. So that would be difficult. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, there is strength in numbers. If, if all the newspapers in, in the modern world would have published the uh, Charlie Hebdo cartoons or the earlier cartoons by uh, whoever it was, um, then that would have definitely sent a message to the Muslim fundamentalist that uh, it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, you can't, you're not going to be able to silence this, this culture. But, you know, equally or more importantly, people need to uh, demand that the government protect their free speech. This is fundamental. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that cannot be stated enough. Uh, and the more that the government does not do that, the more we find ourselves in these situations where it's like, well, do I want to take this risk or not? You know, I respect, you know, Fleming Rose. And thank you, Mary Lane, for the super chat. She says the tyranny of silence by Fleming Rose. The man is a hero. He is a hero. I'm, I'm saddened that he needs to be. I'm saddened that he needs to be a hero. I'd rather he uh, be pursuing a happy life with no privately hired security and just no security necessary at all. Because uh, he, he, he should be living in a society where he knows, where everybody knows that free speech is not to be met with aggression. Um, Can I say something on the free speech you mentioned? Mm -hmm. So you will see these days conservatives saying, oh, I'm the platform, this is a free speech issue. The threat of force for your thoughts or your speech is actually, not directly, but in its essence, that is censorship. Because it's the use of force. Remember, the one thing that can impede, that can stop your freedom is the use of force. And here we, we, we don't have someone saying, I don't want to deal with you. We have someone say, we will come after you. Again, if it is indeed true that this person has uh, felt, uh, has, sorry, has faced threats. We don't know all the details. But in the current environment, it would not, unfortunately, be a surprise. So this is a free speech issue in its essence. So it's very important to remember what is and what is not a real free speech issue. The other things we discussed, unfortunate they saw how our culture has gone is bad i was very critical of uh, twitter for banning trump i had fights with friends but here we're talking about something completely different here we're talking about the threat of the use of force i interrupted you that's my last point no i mean uh, I'll, I'll there'll never be enough 
to say on this. So no matter how, how long you wait, uh, you'll have to interrupt me. I mean, there's just so much to say But Donald Trump, by the way, uh, he stood with the uh, killers in a sense uh, after the mass, the attempted massacre in Garland, Texas, the draw Muhammad contest where two uh, Muslims tried to shoot the place up. They ended up hitting, Oh, you didn't know about this Bosch Foster. I know, won. but how did yeah. Trump stand with the killers? Not explicitly, but he was asked about it. He goes, well, what are these idiots doing drawing Muhammad for? So that was Trump's response. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, oh, now time for some retroactive uh, Trump derangement <laughs> syndrome. Join me. Go there. Join no, me. Okay. Join me. It's it's great. Now that he's not in power anymore, you can hate him. And uh, I mean, you could have hated him before, too, but um, it's nice. It, it feels retro. It's nostalgic. Um, yeah. So um, a couple of points uh, just. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, usually in situations like this, we whenever there's a controversy involving a school, we say privatize, privatize, let parents decide if they want to send their kids to a school where Muhammad is shown or where evolution is taught. But in this context, we're saying we need, yes, privatize every all property, but also the government needs to protect all property and all persons. So uh, this is this is more urgent even than than privatizing schools. Um, so Razi says to remind people that at seven o'clock there is a discussion on Ransesi, the missing link, where she talks about the anti-conception mentality. And we find this to the people who say, well, yeah, but did you have to do it or things like that? So the anyway, no, I don't want to open this discussion. Now, if you want this discussion, show up to the meetup at seven o'clock. Till then, me and Raka will be in Clubhouse to continue this discussion with you. So a big thank you to the viewers. Thank you to the people who support us, even more those who become members and get all the perks of the membership, including the WhatsApp groups, the Saturday discussions, the productivity hub, the reading, the reading group, so many things. So shall we move to Clubhouse? Let's jump over to Clubhouse. Uh, by the way, we support free speech and uh, we don't like seeing, you know, big tech uh, sent, you know, quote, censor in, in many, 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 many cases. Uh, we, we agree with the complaints, but it is sad to see that uh, the people who, uh, who, who use free speech as their main issue uh, for every one time they mention Muhammad cartoons, they mention big tech censorship a thousand times. And uh, you have to wonder uh, if this is basically their vocation, their industry is exaggerating big tech censorship. In any case, yes, we're jumping over to Clubhouse where you can all disagree with me and agree with Nikos to your heart's content. See you there. <laughs> See you there, people. Thank you for the last minute super chat, Enrique Tello. Thank you very much.